Ladies and gentlemen, this show is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. Fascinated by the world of strange, or perhaps like to gather in those dimly lit corners and converse with those individuals who may not walk to the beat of this world's drum, then step across the threshold that leads to the room under the stairs. everybody this is stan wangland your co-host from the people under the stairs and i'm joined this evening for a part two of angels aliens and ufos the star of that show the star of this uh story my co-host paul james caden paul are you there buddy I am, and you got the name right right off the bat this time. <laughs> yes, I did. You got to turn that volume down just a little bit there. You just blew me right out of the water there, man. Well, you I, there? I, th- I think you have to turn it down on your end. I don't have a... Okay, I'm down, I'm down pretty low, but that's that's okay. That's okay. For those, it could be the aliens, man. You can't tell. Could you be. You just can't tell. So how have you been doing this week, buddy? Very good week. Been busy, been doing a lot of work, um, you know, helped some people out in the, the line of work that I do. So that's always nice to see people start changing their lives and striving mm-hmm. for something uh, better to get out of the predicaments that, that they've been in for so many years. Mm-hmm. So good week. Definitely a good week as far as all that's concerned. That's good. Did you have a nice Thanksgiving? It was. Well, you know, you were there. So. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We were, we were there. We were, I, I knew I, I, I threw you a softball right there and you know, knocked it right out of the park. That's what <laughs> I was looking for. You know, I, I had a lot of positive comments about the uh, show that we did last week. People found it very interesting. They said uh, Paul's story was, well, it wasn't that interesting, but it was a great job of interviewing Stan. You asked all the pertinent questions. But uh, that was supposed to be a joke, folks. That's a joke grenade. You'll get that in a few minutes. But uh, Paul did a very fascinating show last time and and talked about his experience with, um, I guess, angelic alien entities and uh, or entities from wherever. And uh, UFOs fit into this as well or other types of uh, uh, of travel outside of our dimension. And uh, Paul, I, uh, just to get people up to speed, they should, if they haven't uh, heard last week's show, you should go back and listen to that first, where Paul tells this, uh, you know, this experience that he had with this, um, with this entity, Sarah, starting in 1979. And what what year did you finish up on with that, Paul? About 1983, was it? No, this was actually uh, 2003. Was the final chapter and that's when i i started actually uh writing all this down no but i mean on the show last time we ended up at what 1983 
Oh yeah, we we ended at 1983. Yes. Okay. And and then the whole thing ends around 2003. But yes. Paul is going to go back to 1983 and part two of the show. And there may be a third part. We don't know. It does. The story really needs to be told completely. I've heard the short version of the story, and Paul has a book. Uh, regarding this, uh, an ebook on this, which is, uh, what's the name of the book, Paul? The book is called An Angel Came Down by Paul James Caden. It's paperback and ebook on Amazon. Well, there you go. So if this, uh, if these shows intrigue you about this, is they, they uh, have me, of course, um, and uh, many other people, there's a way to get an even more comprehensive view of the um, of this whole event and all the implications so just um you know paul is going to be uh not hijacking the show but being you know going to be doing most of the uh, tale telling on the show here and uh, i might ask some questions here or i will ask some questions here and there but we're going to go back now to 1983 and Paul, why don't you take it from there? Why don't you just give us a, a just say what you know happened in 1983? Where where were you at with this entity uh, briefly, and then just take it forward? Does that sound okay? That sounds good. We'll hop in the time machine and go back to '83. Okay, in the wayback machine. Yeah. And uh, you know, last time when we left off, we were talking about um, you know even this experience when I had it uh, the first particularly the first couple times in 79 and 83, uh, they were kind of tumultuous times, you know, a lot of anxiety from different things. And, uh, you know, throughout the years, when I would think about this, I was convinced, you know, that this is either was a hallucination, self-hypnosis, something I was conjuring to comfort myself, uh, either that or I had some undiagnosed uh, mental problem. That, uh, you know, I didn't feel like I was a danger to myself and others. So I, w- I wasn't concerned in that regard. But in, uh, in 1983, uh, what had happened, I was, um, I was 16 years old. And, uh, you know, this, this was the part, as I said, up to 1979, I, I was bullied in school. There was a lot of verbal abuse from my father and other relatives just a lot of issues that, that went on. And then this whole Sarah experience happened and, you know, she's giving me this higher wisdom, you know, this higher wisdom, walk, mm-hmm. you know, walking in love, treating others well and all that sort of thing. And uh, then, then when the experience faded out, uh, probably about uh, late January, early February, um, you know, of, of 1980. And uh, I was saying that, that life kind of slowly went back into the old mode and it was starting to bother me again. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to March, April of 1980, uh, we had some new kids uh, move into the neighborhood and, uh, you know, we made friends with them pretty quickly. And, you know, the, the one, uh, the one kid was kind of like me, his name was Dave. We were about the same age and, you know, he was kind of bullied, but he was like lifting weights and, you know, reading karate magazines and trying to teach himself how to fight. So we took on this endeavor you know, everything was boxing and martial arts and, you know, lifting weights, you know, so we started working out together and, you know, sparring and sparring with, you know, some of our other friends. And uh, so around about that time, I, I got uh, I got a little more spunky. I decided, you know, I'm not going to take anybody's crap anymore. Mm-hmm. And I remember my my first uh, uh, my first launch out into uh, flexing my muscles, so to speak, was actually the sixth grade teacher that I was talking about in the first, uh, you know, the last episode we did, uh, Mrs. Blake. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember we were taking a test. It was toward the end of the year and she gave us a, you know, kind of the study sheet to look at. And, uh, you know, we were about to take the test. She said, I'm going to call your name. If you brought your sheet, hand it in. If you left at home, just let me know. And, uh, I hear a lot of heavy breathing in your mic over there, Stan. <laughs> oh, is it better now? <laughs> I sound like you were snoring on us. <laughs> no, is it is it okay now? Yep. Yeah, that, that okay. sounds better. We just don't want we just don't want the listeners to go. What the hell is that? <laughs> no, I hear you. <laughs> 
So anyway, she called on me for my my study sheet, and, and and I had my hands, my elbows on my desk, and I had my hands under my chin, resting on my pointer fingers. I wasn't covering my mouth. And she came to me, you know, do you have your your study sheet? And I looked at her, and I said, no, I, I left mine home. And uh, right away, she starts rolling her eyes, you know, and kind of stomping her feet, and she starts yelling at me, and you know, classic style, you don't ever have your hands near my near your face when you speak to me, you know. She's going on the same old thing, you know. You know why? What is wrong with you? And remember, that was like the breaking point. I stood up out of my chair, I flipped my desk over, and pardon my language, everyone out there in in, in listening land. But I said, I fucking told you, you bitch, I left it fucking home. Do you got a problem with that? I yelled this at her. Oh, boy. And, and just at that moment, she like froze. I, you know, I thought she was going to send me to the principal's office. She, was, she didn't. She just actually looked shocked. And she was like, okay, all right, it's, it's all right. Sit down, you know. And uh, so I, you know, got my desk. I sat down and I was like, wow, you know, that really worked. That got some respect out of somebody. This is all right. So then I went through the next few years, you know, that, like I said, that, that spring, I met my friend Dave, we're working out, started fighting a lot in school, uh, was a lot more, not a lot more, but I was a little more aggressive at home. Uh, you know, as, as I wrote in the book uh, at one time, I, you know, my father was uh, inebriated and he started on me and I gave him a, uh, a spinning karate kick and, and knocked him through the screen door of the front door of the house. So mm -hmm. I, I was getting I was getting pretty, uh, you know, uh, I didn't look for trouble. But if you mess with me, you know, that was the whole thing. My my uh, my response would be, hey, you have a problem. And if you had a problem, then, uh, you know, my thing is I'm going to I'm going to shut you up. You know, I had enough of taking people's crap. So fast forward, by the time we hit 1983, you know, I think I went the whole year of like half of 81, all of 80, 1982, you know, fighting in school, always on guard, always, you know, I was angry. I wasn't upset or depressed anymore. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the school year, I just hit a wall. I, I felt, I just felt emotionally drained and I started having anxiety attacks, but I didn't know what they were. Uh, they were the kind where it just felt like you were fading out of existence. Everything around you was unreal or surreal. I had no idea what it was. I've never heard of anything like this before, I, you know, and, and I just felt, you know, I, I was burnt out. So I, I went later uh, that summer, probably around um, late July, early August. I, I went to stay with my grandmother. Uh, for a while. And I decided I'm going to stay with her indefinitely. I'm, I'm moving in with grandma. It's a lot more peaceful. She's got a lot more room. And, you know, have, you know, a lot of the home drama around. Did you punch her so, and knock her through the screen door too? No, my grandparents were awesome. Uh, I actually, I remember, I actually remember when I, when I went over to, to live with her and, uh, you know, sitting at the dining room table with granny and telling her, man, you know, what a bitch of a year. And I'm <laughs> telling her all this mm -hmm. stuff that's going on and she's listening. And, uh, you know, she was really good with it. My, my grandmother was, uh, she was awesome, you know, to, to know her was to love her, except she wanted to stuff you with, you know, junk food all the time, you know, pies, mm -hmm. cakes, pudding, food, you know, she was <laughs> like, you know, you want something? I just ate a six course meal. Well, here, eat this too. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, uh, so it was 1983 and, you know, I'm, I'm having the, the anxiety attacks and, you know, they're, they're a little better through the winter. It's getting around this time of year now. It's December. And uh, I went out one night to go for a walk. Uh, it was dark. It was really cold and windy, but I was, I was feeling a little on edge. Like I knew when I went to bed, I was going to have one of these, whatever happened, you know, the anxiety attack. And I said, you know, it's freezing cold outside, but I, I remember watching, I remember sitting in the living room watching Solid Gold. Remember that with Marilyn McCoo sure. and whoever the, the guy was. And it was after Solid Gold or maybe halfway through, it was like 8, 30, 9 o'clock. And I was like, I'm, I'm just going to go for a walk. So I went out dark, windy, cold. And uh, I'm, I'm walking along and, and suddenly I hear like a rustling behind me and I hear this female voice say my name. And I turn around and, you know, there it is. It's Sarah once again. 
I'm a little shocked, you know, um, you know, she's as solid as you and I, at this point, I'm looking at her, you know, and, uh, again, she's kind of aged as I aged. I am 16. She looks about that age same, you know, the, the jumpsuit, the wings. And, you know, she tells me, well, you know, uh, you know, you've kind of made a mess of things again. So I've come to see if I can, uh, you know, uh, alleviate, you, you know, help you alleviate some of this uh, stress that you're under. And uh, this was the interesting thing about it, because I remember going back to my grandmother's house after the walk. And, you know, of course, you know, I'm, I'm talking to Sarah and I'm, and I'm telling her about this bizarre feeling that I get. And uh, I said, you know, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me. Do I have a brain tumor? Or, you know, I, I think may, maybe I have something along with me that's that, you know, uh, that it's like terminal or I'm dying or something. And I remember her looking at me, looks me right in the eye. And I remember her shaking her, her head and she says, no, you're, you're not dying. And I said, well, what is it? Then she says, what you're experiencing is called an anxiety attack. Now, I swear to God, I'd never heard of an anxiety attack before that moment. Mm -hmm. And I said, because I remember, you know, what the hell is that? And she said, you know, you will, you will, this will be confirmed to you in April, uh, you know, in the spring, you know, th this coming April, and you will see that my words are true. And what I'm telling you is the truth. Uh, long story short, uh, you know, she hung around for a while. It was very short, kind of helped me through some of the uh, the anxiety. But then I got sidetracked again. Uh, you know, I remember going to my parents' house and my brother pulls out this big stack of, por you know, Playboy books. Hey, look what I got here. Take some of these home. So, you know, my mind goes to the gutter and that became like my new pastime, you know, to uh, try and alleviate anxiety. It worked for a little while, but not so well. But getting up into April, you know, that that was the extent of the the Sarah thing. It, it probably went, uh, you know, uh, again, a, a couple months before, you know, I, I got distracted. But I remember. She, how did she help you, though? You said that she would help you. How how did she specifically help you? I remember her just telling me that that when this happened, you know, do, don't panic. Just, you know, kind of kind of breathe deeply. Don't. Uh, you know, cause usually I would get up and I would just leave the room, you know, go anywhere downstairs outside, almost like I was like trying to outrun the feeling, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, so, and, and many times, you know, if, if I would have one, like in the night, you know, she would just like be there saying, you know, you know, be calm. And uh, her presence was again, very comforting. So if I was in the beginning or the middle of an anxiety attack and suddenly she was there, it would dissipate very quickly. You know, so her presence was very uh, reassuring. When she spoke to you, Paul, did, did she did she have a voice like I'm speaking to you now where you would see her lips moving and hear the sound? Or would it be something like uh, it would be like a thought in your head? A combination of, the, of a combination of both at, at that time. Uh, at, at that time, it seemed like more that, like her mouth was moving. It wasn't so much the 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 mind to mind type of thing. Uh, uh -huh. But it, it, it was a, it was kind of a combination of both. Now, would she ever lay her hand on you or, you know, would you ever touch her or feel her physically? Yes, that that was actually uh, one of the times during the anxiety attack. I, I, I like sprang up in bed. I was ready to. Uh, uh, you know, flee the premises to, to try to outrun the bizarre feeling. And I remember, you know, suddenly she's just there by the, the bedside and she like put, you know, her hand on my head mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and I physically felt that, you know, the, the hand just on my head. And, you know, that was a time that, you know, the, the anxiety just, it's just immediately, you know, almost like a Jesus healing, you know, touch gone. Right. It was instantly over with. Right. Cause I remember saying, you know, I remember, you know, commenting and saying, wow, you know, you, you should like stick around all the time. If this happens, you can just like poof it away. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, again, the interesting thing being um, once we did uh, hit April of uh, 1984, I remember one day sitting in the living room, my grandmother's house, I was watching something on TV 
And and actually what it was, it was Days of Our Lives, the soap opera. I don't know why, but everybody where I used to live in, in Middletown, New York, everybody watched it. The grownups, the kids, uh, all of my friends, we, we all watched Days of Our Lives, at least as as, as much as we, we could. And, uh, you know, I happened to be, you know, home that day. And, you know, so I'm, I'm watching it. And uh, right in the middle of the show, there is a commercial. And... I remember the, the narrative to this commercial. I, I think the documentary was called Anxiety and Americans or Anxiety and America. And it was talking about all these people that are suffering from this, uh, this, uh, you know, these attacks. And it's, it's, it's reaching like an epidemic proportion. And it's, it's showing clips of people describing what it is. And they're talking to, you know, doctors and psychologists. And I'm just looking at it like, you know, and, and, and suddenly it dawns on me what Sarah said in April, you know, th this coming April, you, you will get a confirmation that what I'm telling you is the truth. This, this is, you know, um, a th something that's caused by anxiety and stress. And uh, I did watch the documentary. So now I had a name for what was, uh, you know, what was uh, irking me and I knew it wasn't uh, fatal. I wasn't dying. I didn't have a brain tumor or something else going on, um, you know, and, and that made it a little easier uh, naturally to uh, to deal with, you know, knowing exactly what it was and exactly what did cause it. And uh, I, I had that confirmation so that 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 was probably uh, the first time uh, she told me something of a future event and it actually happened. You know, so that one was a little bit of a stumper for me, you know, that over the years I would kind of scratch my head and be like, but, you know, if this is something I'm manufacturing, how, how did I tell myself this? How did I, how did I come up with this term anxiety attack? How did I come mm -hmm. up with April, the month of April, 1984, that I would find out exactly what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. So that one was, was a little, uh, a little peculiar for me. And uh, that that was pretty much uh, the it was very short in 1983. And, uh, you know, I eventually did, uh, you know, conquer the the anxiety problem. And, uh, you know, in 1984, uh, that summer, you know, I, I got a really good handle on it and it was, you know, pretty much over with. Now, did you tell anybody, any of your friends or your family members that you had this winged visitor from another dimension or another world uh, or another reality that was uh, befriending you and giving you all this advice? No, I, I never spoke about it until 2003 when I started, uh, I, you know, I decided to actually start writing some of this stuff down, writing what down what was happening in 19 or in 2003. Uh, that's when I really uh, first started talking uh, about it uh, to some family members and friends and saying, you know, uh, I'm actually in the process of writing a book and I've had something happen over, uh, you know, a course of years that uh, is very peculiar. And uh, mo most, most were accepting of it. Uh, some were not, but you know, that, that, was, that was fine with me. Mm -hmm. So what happened next? Well, the next uh, the next pretty lengthy um, appearance was in 1992, and and again, this was probably around November. Uh, by this time, uh, I, I was working for Big V Corporation or Shoprite in in Middletown, and I worked nights as as maintenance. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would go to work at about 4:30, you know, till you know whenever, and um, I remember going to work one night and uh, there was this back lot to the store. And then there was like this tunnel that, you know, we called it the tunnel that you walk through, uh, you know, and then it, you, you came out to the front of the store from the back lot. And uh, I'm walking through the tunnel. Now at this time I didn't have any, <clears throat> I didn't have any major issues or problems going on. Uh, I, I was kind of, I was kind of by myself except for my parents. Uh, a lot of my friends had uh, flown the coop because 
uh, the guys I used to hang out with and we wanted to be in a rock band and, you know, all this kind of thing. We would drink and hang out. And uh, I, I left that lifestyle behind. I didn't want to be drinking anymore, hanging out and, you know. And so, of course, they all went their their way to find other uh, drinking buddies since I didn't really you know, do that anymore. Uh, my brother moved to New Jersey. One of my other good friends moved out to California. So uh, it was just me and my parents. I didn't really have any uh, uh, any friends at the moment, but that was fine. You know, I wasn't uh, I wasn't morose or lonely or like, uh, you know, life was just life. And, uh, you know, I remember going to work one day and I'm walking through the tunnel, you know, it's, it's night. It's, I remember it was a cold night. And again, it was kind of like 1983. I hear this, uh, rustling behind me and I hear someone, you know, say my name and I turn and I see I'm about halfway through the tunnel. It wasn't very long. Um, I was the only one in there, nobody in the, the, the back lot, uh, at that moment. And I happened to turn and look and, you know, there was Sarah, but she's standing there, but then she just kind of like faded, you know, almost like a ghost just kind of like disappeared. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that began a real, uh, a real interesting year of a lot of, a lot of, I guess you could say a lot of conversation because at that time I'm older, I'm not going to feel like a bunch of crap and I'm really questioning, you know, who are you? What are you? Are you real? Where are you from? Are you an alien? Uh, you know, you had, you, you know, I'm older now and I, you're flying around and this thing looks like a UFO. Am I hallucinating all this? What's, what's the deal? You know? And uh, there were a whole slew of answers that, uh, you know, if, if we uh, if we got into those, it would probably take up the rest of the episode. But um, she didn't really give too much of a straight answer, only that she was from a place, you know, you know, that uh, um, I asked is another planet. Well, sort of, but not really. Uh, is it far away? You know, the, the, the biggest thing she would say is that it was through. How did how did she say that through through the the tunnel of silver or the silver tunnel? Hmm. And I'm like, well, what is this? You know what? You know what is it? And uh, I I didn't get a whole lot of answers. But but here's the weird part. And if people read the book, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this part to you. I, I, yeah, I actually did. In the um, when we had Richard Len Richard Lenny on the show talking mm -hmm. about those. Uh, you know, where we were talking about her kind watch over human beings and that there are certain human beings in this world who are born, uh, their soul remembering where they came from, you know, heaven, another dimension, spiritual realm. And it, it longs to go back there and, and, and those kind of souls never really fit in in this particular world and some of them you know it just eats away at them like, like a cancer you know they just never really get used to the you know the, the system the 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 negativity the the way people are and she says that her kind give them opportunity to leave this world and go with them bodily to a place where there is a crystal city and there they wait for the conclusion of time and they will join everybody else, you know, uh, in what we call heaven. Now, you know, this, this is kind of, kind of bizarre because, you know, at, at this point she asks, she asks me, I, I remember I, I would go to, I would go at, at this point, I would go to a graveyard. It was, um, not, not far from my house. It was, uh, was a pine pine grove uh cemetery and and that's where i would usually meet her and have these talks in a graveyard so that was you know but i was i was never spooked you know there was a you know again the the light in the sky you know i seen this thing up up close and personal but she asked me at this point you know uh one of her reasons for coming is she's asking me if i would like to leave this world 
like go to this place and i'm like mm-hmm. what you know i don't necessarily look at myself as being a you know yeah i always felt a little out of sorts you know in in the world at large and you know i i, I was born with that feeling that i was you know we're all from somewhere else but most of it's forgot uh long story short you know i i, I said you know i'm going to take a pass on that but uh you know fast forward into the future uh, one of the strange things uh being and i told the story when when richard lenny was on the show uh is that she said when people are offered to go with them um they're usually people who are to themselves they've had a lot of trials uh they'll usually start you know being very much into spiritual things and angels mm-hmm. you know before their departure mm-hmm. and uh this this was years later uh when I'm, I'm i'm in the dating field you know uh trying to you know meet someone and i met actually two people there was one person i never i actually ne- never met her we just spoke on the phone and i don't know how we started talking about angels and supernatural and and, and i and I, again, I don't remember how we got into this subject mm-hmm. about the, uh, you know, these beings, these angelic beings, you know, offering humans to bodily leave the world and, and what happens to them. Mm-hmm. And this woman on the phone, I never met for, for the listening audience. And she was, you know, she was very nice. I don't know. I never met her. I think she was maybe a little too far away, you know, uh, drive. Mm-hmm. But I remember telling her this, and I don't even remember why I told her this, because it's not something that I would tell uh, somebody that I didn't know that well. But I just remember telling her, and I remember she's silent for a minute, and she goes, oh, my God. She's like, that's exactly what happened to my brother. And I was like, what happened to your brother? And she goes, "It it was about two years ago. She said he was always the kind of guy. He was always saying that he he didn't feel like he was from this world, didn't fit in here, didn't like the way people do you know did things. People were mean to one another. He kept to himself, uh, very quiet. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, he wasn't a you know really that much of a spiritual person. But then one day he you know he starts taking this great interest, talking about angels and UFOs and you know life on other planets. And she said there used to be this lake that he would go to not not far from her house and his house. And it would be a place where he would just go and, you know, by himself, you know, smoke cigarettes, whatever, listen to the radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said one day, you know, the, you know, he never showed up for work. Nobody heard from him. Uh, they found his car by the lake. She said it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a big lake, you know, more like a, you know. I, I guess a pond, you know, they, they searched the pond, no, no body in there, but all of his possessions, the car keys, his wallet, everything was in the car, but he was just gone. And they, to that day, they, he, she said that was probably, uh, I think two, three, four years, uh, you know, before this conversation, she said they, they never found what happened to him. It was like, he just vanished off the, uh, the face of the earth. And, so- uh, and, no, go ahead. But I, I just remember her saying, you know, that, you know, everything that I told her uh, fit his description. And she feels that this this is what happened to him, um, that she felt like she had an answer because it, it, it just fits so perfectly. You know, everything that uh, the way these kind of souls supposedly act, you know, their interest um you know in angels and ufos and all that sort of thing before they uh allegedly uh depart so i i found that i found that very interesting um you can't make this stuff up at least you know it 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 boggles my mind when i think about it you know like i said so so feeling yeah so reeling it in a little bit uh, a little bit tighter uh you know because there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack in that story there, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. with, with stuff. As as Sarah came back into your life, she what you're saying is that uh, she basically asked you if you if you wanted to leave this dimension of Earth and travel to that uh, that crystal castle and wait for the end of time. 
the the Crystal that, City. The Crystal like, City. Was is that pretty that, much it? That that is it. As crazy as that sounds, that was and, that that was it, the offer in 1992. And you said no, Sopa. No, thank you. Did you have I any? Said so- okay, go oh, ahead. Go, go ahead. No, go ahead. What you're going to say? No. So, so uh, you, you weren't interested in going, or you thought that maybe was another word, another word for saying death, or what? What we, what we, what was going on through your mind when she said that to you? Well, this, this was a thing. I mean, I asked a lot of questions. I was like, well, well, what if I were to say yes to this? You know, because there's a part of me spiritually that it's very tempting. You know, you're like, you know, if if this is real, you know, you're going to have an opportunity to see something not a lot of people get to see. Um, I would, I would definitely think so. That would be an understatement. Yeah, and uh, and and always being, you know, a very spiritual person, even when I was in acting, you know, so much so. Uh, you know, the, there was a part of me that was like, if, if, if this is true and all, all it's made out to be, um, there's a part of me that wants to say, yeah, I'm, I'm for it because I'm, I'm all for spirituality, spiritual dimension, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm 52 years old and sometimes I'm still not so impressed with, uh, the way I see people acting in this world. I mean, uh, taking a note from your podcast, uh, <laughs> looking at the politicians, you know, I just ask myself, is, is this place and are these people for, for real? You know, what the hell are they thinking? You know, they, they have no clue, no conscience. But anyway, I, I asked the question, you know, OK, if I say yes to this, uh, what happens? Uh, does my family come looking for me because I never come home and they find me, my body dead and rotting, you know, <laughs> under the tree here in the cemetery? What's what, mm-hmm. what's the gig, you know? Uh, and she said, no, you, you go bodily, you, you, you will not die. You know, you will not physically die. You will, you will, you know, physically go to this, uh, this place. But, and, but of course there will be, uh, um, uh, a certain transformation that, that you will undergo, uh, once you, you get there to be able to exist in this place, uh, which I kind of took to mean, you know, uh, maybe, uh, a cellular or energetic change uh, that the human body would have to go through. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the, I remember the whole thing, uh, the whole thing was, I said, you know, I had to think about it. You know, I, I, I don't know. And and I set the date. I, I said, you know, I'm going to make up my mind and I don't know why I chose the time, but I said, midnight Christmas Eve is the deadline. If I choose not to do it, don't ever ask me this again. Take it mm-hmm. off the table, you know, uh, you know, that's the deal. It's, 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 it's a one shotter, you know, so I don't know. So what happened? Okay. Where, where did it go from there? This, well, I remember I was working on Christmas Eve and I, I got out at, um, um, at about eight o'clock and I, I remember I, I drove home. Uh, my brother and my sister-in-law were coming up, you know, I got home and, as I explain in the book, I'm, I'm thinking about this the whole time. This, this is the deadline day. You know, uh, if, if I'm going to do this, I have to be there, you know, in the graveyard before midnight uh, tonight. If I'm going to see if this is real, if anything happens, uh, you know, what what's what's the situation? And remember, I got there and, you know, I was talking to my parents and my brother and my sister-in-law. We were just all kind of like talking and my mother had snacks. The Christmas lights were on. And I had in the back of my mind that if I did this, I was going to tell everyone, hey, you know, I, I got to step out for a minute uh, because a friend of mine at work asked me to play uh, Santa Claus, uh, you know, kind of late at night, you know, dress up mm-hmm. uh, for, for his kids like I'm leaving presents. And then I would just go, I would go to the graveyard and see, you know, it, you know, if this was real, if something happened, mm-hmm. if it did what. And uh, I just remember thinking that, you know, talking to everybody, it's Christmas time, all the presents are under the tree. And I remember thinking to myself, even if this is real and, and, and as curious as I am and as tempting as it kind of is even though it's a little scary because you know 
if this does happen, you know, this, this is kind of weird. I mean, it was definitely a, a little, uh, you know, a, a little creepy in that regard. Mm-hmm. But I said, but, but suppose this does happen and it turns out to be a good thing. You know, I tell everybody I'm going to step out to say to, to, to play Santa for a friend at work. I disappear. Mm-hmm. What's everybody else going to think? How's that going to affect everybody else? Not only is that going to like F up their Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. pretty badly, uh, but then they're going to be wondering, you know, what the hell happened? You know, his car's in the graveyard. He's gone. We never see him again. Was he, you know, did somebody kidnap him or abduct him? You know, what, what, what happened? Uh, and I remember we were up late. We didn't, we didn't go to bed till uh, it was probably about 1230, one o'clock. Uh, we, we were up uh, late just talking. And I remember watching the clock when it was 11.30, 11.35, quarter to 12, 10 to 12. And I remember it was probably probably about 10 to 12 where I just looked at the clock and I said to myself, um, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it because, you know, um, I think that would be a shitty thing to do, you know, uh, especially to my family. If, if, even if, if something did happen, that, that would be like a really crappy thing you know like a selfish thing to do so i gotcha I didn't. so so you didn't do it so what happened after christmas eve came and went what was the you obviously didn't she, go to the crystal city i did not go to the crystal city unless i'm there right now and in the loony bin but uh <laughs> um yeah, that that was kind of a uh, kind of a long visitation, you know. I, I remember it lasted up till uh, about uh, April uh, that year. Uh, by then, you know, that was off the table. It was just a lot of talking about, you know, God and life and you know uh, anything and everything. Uh, I re- I remember uh, when I went to bed Christmas night. Um, I remember going to bed, you know, close the door, I jump in bed. And, and again, you know, that there she is in, in the room. And, uh, I don't know. I, I almost kind of felt like, you know, thinking to myself, is this real? Is it not real? What, you know, I'm, I'm still not sure what's going on, but yet I felt kind of like, gee, you know, whatever this is, whatever Sarah is, she kind of feels like an old friend. So did, did I kind of like, let her down, you know, is she disappointed that I didn't, you know, uh, show up and see what happened, you know, midnight Christmas Eve. Uh, but no, I mean, she, she was there to say, no, that, that was fine. And that, that, that I actually made the better choice because, you know, I, I thought of the, the feelings of others, you know, and how my actions would impact them mm-hmm. and, and, and shows their, their feelings, their, uh, you know, uh, again, how it would affect them over my own curiosity, my own, uh, you know, even right. desires to do something like that. So right. she said this was, this was a very, uh, a very good thing. And that, uh, of course, you know, I, I would be fine. It's, I'm not one of these people that, you know, the world's going to chew me up like a cancer, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and mm-hmm. spit me type of thing. And, uh, so- well, that was, uh, that was pretty much it, you know? So, so you hear that that time has come and gone now, and 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 uh, you had the Christmas episode. She's there till April. We're at what nineteen ninety nine now. This was um, this was ninety one into ninety two. Ninety one into ninety two. Uh, yeah, yeah, ninety one. So, 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 what happens next? Moving it along of the story, yeah, the timeline. What well, happens next? Well, I remember in uh, in 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 ninety two in April. I remember when she departed. We were we were in the graveyard. We're talking, and she said, "You know, the, the time has come that she, uh, you know, for her to make her departure. You know that that she can't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, basically stick around, uh, you know, forever." And uh, it, it was kind of odd, you know, o- almost like uh, you know an angelic uh, vision. I remember being in the graveyard and kind of saying our, you know, our, our farewells and the, the wings opening and she went straight up, straight up at, uh, into the sky until she was like out of sight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember that being uh, kind of interesting. No spaceship, no, nothing like that. 
no vehicle, no, just her. No spaceship. I, I did the the spaceship was around. You know, I, I saw it. You know, hovering around a couple of times in you know, uh, ninety one, ninety one, ninety two, mm-hmm. and um, you know, after that, I I still questioned. You know, I especially this time of year. Every year after that, I would think about it. What was it? What the you know. Would something really have happened if, if I went to the graveyard? Was I just, again, you know, am I a madman? But then there were times, and about, uh, it was probably about the summer of 92 that, that I met uh, the person that would be uh, my first wife, which was a disaster, and she was uh, crazily unfaithful throughout the marriage. Um, mm-hmm. It lasted 10 years. I tried, but it, it, it just got to a, a, a place where, uh, you know, it was it was just so horrendous. I was like, I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I can't let this be my life. I, I, I have to I have to get out of this because it's just not it's not healthy. But throughout so that Jordan, time. So if uh, I can just interject here for a second. So that 10 years you were with your ex-wife, you never saw Sarah. Never saw Sarah. Um, so there was a ten-year gap until there was until two thousand three. Right, that's where I was leading to. Right, so, two, and, so here we go from nineteen ninety-two ish ninety-three, and then boom, you you meet your ex-wife. It's not. It's a bad scene. Uh, you're going through a lot of different things, but Sarah doesn't pop up. Uh, no more of those experiences. And did you get a divorce first, and then see Sarah again, or were you still Married to your ex-wife when you saw Sarah, when she came still back married. into the picture. Still married. Yeah, I, yeah, I was still married. I, I didn't get a divorce till uh, afterwards, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and that was the thing during that ten-year gap. You know, like I said, especially around this time of year, I, I would think about it because she always showed up like November, December, mm-hmm. and uh, I would always question, you know, what was it? I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot more to the, you know, little ins and outs of the story of 91, 92. But uh, again, I tell folks if they want to, you know, know every little uh, jot and tittle, uh, you know, pick up a copy of the book because we will do 50,000 episodes here talking about it. all. Right, right. But uh, I would not only question, but sometimes during that time, I, I would almost feel like I missed an old friend like, gee, you know, I'd and I would catch myself sometimes going, gee, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd really like to see Sarah. You know, she, it, it was always such a pleasant uh, experience. And I would catch myself. And, and you know, I, I remember set, many times sitting there thinking, what am I thinking? I don't even know if Sarah's real. And here am I going, here I am going, gee, I wouldn't mind, a, you know, gee, I'd like a visit from Sarah, you know. You know, mm-hmm. you know maybe I, I am some kind of like, uh, you know, fruitcake or something. But um, 2003. I mean, even though, you know, the, the marriage was not good, it wasn't like I was going through all kind of uh, emotional hell or anxiety over it. It just, you know, it was one of those things, you, you know, you had good times, you had bad times. And then it just got to a point where you're like, yeah, this, this can't, it, it was a point by the time I got divorced, I, I guess you could say I had fallen out of love, you know, to me, it was just going through the motion. And so I had to like break that chain because there was mm-hmm. no change in this person. But uh, it was August 2003. I was very curious. For some reason, I had I had been thinking about this for, uh, you know, again, every year I would think about it, but it was really on my mind, you know, that particular time, the August of 2003. And I decided at that time... <laughs> I'm going in search of Sarah. I'm not waiting around just for her to pop up or for some, you know, next tragedy where she, she kind of shows up and, and tries to, uh, you know, bail me out type of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to go in search of, can I find her? Can I conjure her? Can I call her? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where, you know, I, I think we can do, uh, another show on a different topic before we do part three, but uh, 2003 was that there there was just so much phenomenon that that happened there. Uh, to nutshell it, in you know 10 15 minutes, uh, I don't think would do it a lot of justice. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 that's the one where 
uh, it, it just really went off the hook and a lot and a lot of people around me family and friends saw things heard things witnessed things with me and uh so so that was really uh that was really uh, kind of an incredible experience that I, th there's still a part of my mind that when I look back, I say to myself, what was that? You know, was, was this real, you know, cause it, it was so fantastic that even though I experienced it and other people experienced it with me later on, uh, there's a part of me that still doesn't believe it myself, that it had to be something else other than what it was, but then what else could it be? <laughs> if that makes any so, sense. Sure, it does. So, to make a long story short, uh, in, uh, you know, for this one little point, just so uh, maybe this is a good cutoff point, uh, as you said, uh, and we can probably wrap things up in episode three, I would uh, imagine that in yeah. 2003, uh, you tried to conjure her back up. And as a teaser for the next show, she showed up. She did. She did. And, 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 uh, and a lot of, and, and a lot, a lot of things happened, which you will describe in the next show, right? Yeah. That, that, that was the cherry on the cake year. That was just, you know, and, and even leading up before I went in search of, you know, some of the things were just, it was wild. It, it, it was definitely wild. Well, there is, uh, as they used to say in the old laughing, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got crystal cities and all kind of crap going on. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, there's a lot to unpack in that kind of story. And it's very funny if you go back and look at how many times that you said, I don't know, is this for real? Is this for real? I don't know if this was for real. Is this for real? Is this for you? Yeah. You must have said that 150 times. Even today. So, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, the nature of our show is to be honest and honest and, um, you know, have a some degree of skepticism on things, but to be, obviously to believe uh, the guests on the show, whether the co-hosts or whatever, that what they're saying is is true as they remember it. It's it's a fantastic story. I don't think that the that the average person is going to swallow that one. Um, no, you know, they I, might, I uh, they're, they're going to say, you know, you, you sound very sincere when you're telling the story, probably the average person is going to say, you know, there's something, um, there, there's some kind of delusion, illusion, belief system, um, mm -hmm. some, some kind of trauma, something that you're, you know, wish fulfillment, whatever you'd like to call it involved there, you know, under times of great stress. This, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of um, possibly an imaginary type of friend, you know, comes. Yeah, I, I, that's not uncommon. I, and I know we've just discussed that before. That's what people are going to think or many yeah, people, I, not everybody. I, I, I get that. And I, and I thought it myself and, and sometimes yeah. still. But, you know, what's interesting about it, um, talking about the book and, and, and the experience, I, I put this book out on my own mm -hmm. when I first wrote it, I sent it to, uh, several publishers and a couple of them that were, uh, uh, pretty well-known kind of spiritual new age, um, mm -hmm. book, book publishers. And, uh, there were a couple of them that were actually interested in it. Mm -hmm. And th this was funny uh, when, when we're saying, you know, is this real? I don't know, because that's what I thought. I thought it a billion times as I said it a billion times, you know, uh, in this podcast. And the people that were interested in, I had two, two uh, fairly good uh, publishers that, that, that were interested in the story. Uh, but they said to me, the thing I don't like about it, they both said the same thing. Any book that we've ever put out about, you know, angels or people having a, a spiritual experience where they're encountering something, it doesn't take them that long to have faith that it's real. So you need to change that. Because I don't change. think, yeah. I, I don't yeah. think, a, I don't think a lot of our readers will, will like that it, that it took you so long, even years to, you know, come to some kind of conclusion that, that, that this is real, uh, and, and that you're actually trusting of it and yourself that you're having this experience. And I said, well, I, I can't do that because the, 
that's the real deal. And I, and, and I remember I told uh, the, the one lady that, that was going to put the book out who said this. I said, to me, it makes me question the people because I've read a lot of books of, you know, there people said they had their own encounters, guardian angels, spirit guides, aliens. To me, it puts me in, in some doubt that they don't question that much. Mm-hmm. Because I said, I, I don't think if you're a reasonable thinking human being, if, if something like this happens to you, you know, that you don't set back and you don't question it and you question yourself and say, again, is it real? What's happening? Is it me? Is there something wrong with me? What the F, you know? Um, so to me, just to be like, okay, Sarah shows up once or twice, I'm all in, you know, uh, to me, uh, if I, 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 I would look at it then if I, if I'd, if I'd thrown in that quickly, you know, oh yeah, this is real. And yeah, I, mm. I trust myself. And, you know, to me, I, I would, I would look at myself and say, yeah, I, maybe I am delusional because I, I, I didn't test the waters. Maybe I tested them too long. But if if I'd have went too quickly, I would have said maybe it was a delusion, and I just jumped in head first. Mm-hmm. But I I questioned the whole way, the the whole way. Well, it is a fascinating story that has one more part to it. Do you think that this is a good point to end the show on Sarah tonight? I think so. You know, I, I think uh, we're, we're closing in on about an hour and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, ne- the next part will wrap it up and, and maybe we could do uh, another topic on the, uh, uh, you know, we, we could uh, do a, a different show on a different topic to give people a little bit of a break and, uh, and then come back to it. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think the events of 2003 can, can be too much glossed over because there's a, I a agree. lot of little, a lot of little interesting things there that, uh, and if I needed to, you know, uh, I, I could, uh, I could cobble enough people together that, that did hear things and see things, uh, that, that were right there with me to say, yeah, I, I remember that. And I don't know what the hell that was, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately my mother was one of them, uh, you know, and she's, uh, she's passed. So I couldn't, uh, I couldn't get her, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, there, there are some other well, people I could. Well, I think it's a fascinating thing. And I, I think uh, I don't think it would bother the uh, audience to, to maybe the next show to just to while it's fresh in everybody's mind to do part three. But we could uh, we could certainly, um, you know, we could we could certainly uh, leave that up in the air for tonight. But it's a it's a fascinating story. It's a fascinating experience, and it's uh, one of those kinds of things that we like to do on the people under the stairs. And uh, it is one of the things that when we have guests on and they tell stories, they do sound fantastic compared to the uh, everyday events that people have. So this is definitely one of them. And uh, I don't know, Paul, do you have any closing comments, Uh, anything going on in your other shows or anything else that you want to add on this episode tonight before we sign off? Yeah, the the interesting thing, uh, I began reading a book about a year ago. Uh, I I stumbled across this thing time and time again in the past uh, Mm -hmm. throughout the 90s. And and for some reason last year... um, this book just popped into my mind and I said, I think it's time to read that book. I don't know why, but I, I, I think I should read it. And funny that it comes in, you know, November, December, but it's called mm-hmm. the Urantia book. U-R-A-N-T-I-A, the Urantia book. Mm-hmm. And I just did an, I did an episode uh, last week on this, on the spirit side of people are interested in this book. Uh, it, it said that it, it is a channeled book that came through different people that would go uh, into a trance-like state, uh, like Edgar Casey, and these beings mm-hmm. would speak speak uh, through them. Uh, other people and people that said that, you know, helped write the Urantia book, that some of the pages of the book would just materialize out of thin air, and mm-hmm. many call it, you know, the book that was given by angels. And I didn't know this when I bought it. Um, I, I did a little research later, but fascinating book i mean this thing this thing was written between the years of 1924 
and I think 1950. Um, a lot of people, you know, were involved, you know, doctors and their colleagues and people that were, uh, you know, they were called the Urantia Papers. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I started reading this, it, it was kind of interesting to me because a lot of things uh, that I was told in the Sarah experience about, you know, cosmology, the makeup of the universe, what is God, what are angels, you know, that there's so many different uh, life forms out there, not only on distant planets, but other dimensions, others we can't see that carry out these different functions, you know, for, you know, God. Um, mm-hmm. So much of it, you know, I, I'm reading almost verbatim in this Urantia book, and I'm like, wow, you know, it's it's kind of mind-blowing that I never heard this stuff before. And now here's this old book that was written 1933 to like 19, or 1924 to 1950, uh, back then, people were saying they were getting messages from these celestial beings uh, saying the same thing, you know, or almost exactly the same thing. So that that that's kind of interesting to me. Uh, I, I just wanted to, to, to put that in there. And um, it's it's a very thick book, over 2000 pages. If anybody wanted to read it, some of the language can be very thick, particularly when it's talking about what is God, the characteristics, the makeup of God, uh, mm-hmm. the universe, cosmology. I mean, you got to re- sometimes read that four or five times to understand what it's saying because it's mm-hmm. it's it's ve- very thick, very scientific, very, uh, very heavy language, you know, um, that it's explained in. But um, for me, I would just say this, you know, whether people listening to this show, whether they believe it, don't believe it, or believe in things like the Urantia book or, or not. Uh, it's like, I always tell my wife, if this was really an angel that I saw, that's great. You know, that says to me that we're not alone. As I said, the last time in this universe, this world, but I said, bye, you know, and, and, and I believe the experience was authentic because of some of the things that happened in 2003. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you just, you know, how, how is your own mind going to manufacture these things? And these are things we'll talk about later. But even if my mind was creating something so real, um, so fascinating, uh, almost my mind creating something, sharing with myself knowledge that I don't even know yet or that's kind of beyond my grasp at the time. That's still fascinating as hell and, and, and would show just the power and the untapped resources of the human mind and consciousness. So either way you slice it, it's still a very powerful experience that says a lot about our world, about us, our soul, our mind, our, you know, parts of our mind we don't even use, mm-hmm. our spiritual potential. So, you know. Uh, and any any way you 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 want to cut the cards on that one, it's 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 still a very fascinating and and powerful thing to think about. You know, um, at least I think so. To be sure. Well, thank you, Paul. And uh, on behalf of Paul and myself, Stan Wangland, I want to thank you all for joining us on the podcast for part two. We'll have part three, the conclusion of this uh, fascinating tale on aliens, angels, and UFOs uh, coming up very soon over the next week or two. And uh, again, you can uh, get the complete story uh, by contacting Paul and uh, you know he can, he can uh, put some details uh, in with the show on how you can get the uh, ebook, which describes the whole thing in details. Uh, as for me, Stan Wangland, uh, you can catch me on my other show, Just Thinking, uh, probably six days a week uh, on all your popular podcasting platforms. And uh, the show, like this show, is doing just gangbusters. Uh, it, it's growing every week and um, it's wonderful. It's a whole variety of topics. And uh, it was a great show. So I'm going to say good night. And uh, we'll catch you next week. How about you, Paul? Any closing words? 
I have none. <laughs> he has none. He's talked out. <laughs> but it was a great then show. I, and oh, I'm sorry, Paul. Go ahead. Now, I'm just going to say, usually, if uh, as usual, if people want to email me, uh, if they have any questions or want to be a guest on this show or mm-hmm. my show on the spirit side, they can email me at nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. Uh, catch me on Facebook, Twitter. Just put in Paul James Caden. And uh, I'm pretty easy to find and listen to my other show, The Spirit Side. Good stuff there. You know, I, I think The Spirit Side uh, was actually ranked. Uh, we ranked in, uh, uh, I think it was uh, El Salvador. It was, you know, a couple of couple of uh, uh, far off countries that, uh, hey, they were they were getting uh, taking a walk on The Spirit Side. So give it a listen. <laughs> That's very cool. Well, good night, everybody. And we thank you for joining us on our podcast this evening. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode of The People Under the Stairs. If you would like to reach out to the host of this show, please feel free to email Paul at nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. That's nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. And if you would like to reach out to Stan, please feel free to go over to his Twitter page and give him a follow at S. Wangland. That's at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D. Or feel free to email him at swangland at gmail.com. That's at swangland at gmail.com. And please continue to check out all the new episodes of The People Under the Stairs every Wednesday and every Sunday on the Reality Check Podcast Network. What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at, is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us.